The Bible Study Podcast, episode 727. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of 2 Corinthians with chapter 12. Paul's vision and his thorn. You may remember with chapter 11, Paul started talking about the false teachers who'd come, and one of the parts of his argument was that if we were going to boast, he had more to boast about. But he ended that section there saying, if I have anything to boast, I'll boast in my weakness. Because he's saying that his strength is really found in Christ and what Christ has done, not through what he has done. And he wants us to to think that way personally also. And so he's going to tell us a little more about his weakness in this section. Chapter 12, I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to, to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so that no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassing great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So two things going on here. First is Paul's talking about, I know a guy. I know a guy who had this great big vision. And it kind of sounds like Paul is saying that like the person who's asking for advice and saying, I have a friend. And Paul may in fact be talking about himself because he says this person who was caught up in the heaven and has this great vision and sees inexpressible things that they're not permitted to talk about. But then he goes from there to talking about Therefore, and because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited. Okay, so I think this was Paul that this happened to. And this is what a lot of Bible scholars have been saying for years, is that to tie these two together to be somebody else doesn't make any sense. So Paul talks about this revelation, these great revelations, but says it would tend to make one conceited to see all these things. And so he was given this thorn in the flesh. And in the Bible, Paul never says what this was. But there's a couple hints that Bible scholars have pulled out over the ages. One is that we have a letter from Paul to the church in, I think it's Thessalonica, where he says, I know that you would have gladly plucked out your own eyes and given them to me if you could have. And so there's some reason to think that Paul had some sort of disease of the eyes that wouldn't go away. We don't know what it was, 
but there's reason to believe that because elsewhere he writes, see, I'm writing this with my own hand. See what large letters there are. And so it's possible that Paul was going blind or that Paul had some sort of a problem with his eyes. And that's certainly the most common thought among Bible scholars in terms of what Paul is talking about with the thorn in the flesh. Paul doesn't mention it because it doesn't really matter, right? It doesn't matter what specific ailment he had or what specific weakness he had. What he says is, I prayed that God would take it away. Now, Paul and the apostles had great prayer lives and they were able to do miracles because God was working through them. Paul later on, after he writes this letter as his, on his way back to Jerusalem, I mentioned last week that someone will fall asleep during one of his sermons and he will raise the kid from the dead who fell out this window. So it isn't that Paul doesn't have, you know, connections to God. It doesn't isn't that Paul can't pray very well. But God said no. And the answer to prayer is sometimes no. Sometimes it's yes, sometimes it's no, sometimes it's not yet. And in this particular case, God says, no, I allowed you to have this, or I gave this to you, is what Paul says. I allowed you to have this weakness because I intend to use it, that my strength is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. I don't need to take this away. You have everything you need. That's a tough thing to hear. I think it was probably tough for Paul because he prays it two two more times. We don't know whether God told him this three times or whether God told him this the third time or God told him this each time. But it's tough to hear this message that, no, I'm not going to take that from you. No, that tumor is not benign. No, you have that disease you were afraid you would get. It's, it's tough word to hear and even tougher when God says, because it's it's part of my plan in this case, in the, Paul's particular case I'm talking about here, that I intend to show you that I have enough grace to get you through this. My grace is sufficient for you. You don't need anything else. You don't need this fixed. It's a tough word to hear. But Paul says, because of this, I'm, I delight in my weakness in insults and hardships and persecutions, because I, when I am weak, then I am strong. What he's saying here is, I know that if I didn't have this, I could easily get all full of myself. I could easily think that, gee, this ministry that I'm doing is really working out well because I am so all that. And it sounds like as Paul has been talking about these other teachers that have come in, it sounds like that's probably what has happened to them. They may, in fact, have headed down a, a good path, and, but they've now decided that they're all that. They're more important. They're more uh, influential than anybody else, including Paul. And Paul's saying, you know, I see that. I could have gone that way. I could have been that conceited. God has reached out to me and, and worked in my life in such a way that I could think that it was because of me. And instead of because of you and because of God, right? That God chose Paul because he had things he wanted to do in Corinth, for instance, rather than God chose Paul because he was the best around. Uh, Certainly we don't get that story from the Old Testament that, you know, God chose the nation of Israel because it was the best. God chose them because they were his. God chose them because of Abraham. But, you know, they got to thinking they were all that. And Paul's saying it could happen to me too. And it can happen to us as well. 
Paul's concern for the Corinthians. I have made a fool of myself, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, for I am not in the least inferior to the, quote, super apostles, even though I am nothing. I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle, including signs, wonders, and miracles. How were you inferior to the other churches, except that I was never a burden to you? Forgive me this wrong. Now I am ready to visit you for a third time, and I will not be a burden to you, because what I want is not your possessions, but you. After all, children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and expend myself as well. If I love you more, will you love me less? Be that as it may, I have not been a burden to you, yet crafty fellow that I am, I caught you by trickery. Did I exploit you through any of the men I sent to you? I urged Titus to go to you, and I sent our brother with him. Titus did not exploit you, did he? Did we not walk in the same footsteps by the same spirit? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ, and everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. I am afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of their impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. Now, remember, Paul is talking to the church here when he talks about things that he thinks he's afraid that he may find discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. He's not saying in Corinth. He's saying in the Corinthian church. When he's saying he may find impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery, he's not saying in Corinth. He's saying in the Corinthian church. These people have some ways to go here. They're not living the life where Paul is concerned they may not be living the life that they were called to. And this whole section here up front, he's saying, who put it in your head that I was wronging you, that I, even though I was never a burden to you, who put it in your head that I had some other motive other than what was good for you? And he takes this analogy, and I love this analogy here of Children should not have to save up for their parents, although <laughs> as a child with elderly parents, I find that not to be true in my case right now, but parents for their children. And certainly my parents, you know, as they raised me, as they saved money so I could go to college and those sort of things, that's, that's kind of normal thing that we expect. And he's saying, so it is with me. If I spend everything I have on you, including myself, he's putting himself in the bargain here, he would be doing it for love. And he says, will you love me less? It's odd that someone has put the idea in their heads that maybe Paul, because he doesn't charge for his services, they're not worth charging for. I guess that may be the idea here, that because he doesn't charge for his services, he's somewhat less of an apostle. I think that's what he means by the super apostles. Basically, these people come in and say, well, sure, if I preached like Paul, I wouldn't charge. (laughs) Uh, Of course, I don't know who they are, and I don't know what they preached because their words didn't last. Somewhere someone may have a scroll of them, but I can tell you that a lot more people remember what Paul said here. And one of the reasons for that is Paul's actions 
bore witness to his words. Paul lived in a fashion that was consistent with what he taught. And that is something we should look for in all our leaders and in everyone we're listening to is, okay, that's what they say. How do they act? Because their actions will bear witness to the truth or falsehood in their words. And Paul is saying, I didn't trick you. Did any of the people I send abuse you? No. Did any of the people I send exploit you? No. I was there for your good. And when I come back, I'll be coming back for your good. Just don't let, let's not make it the angry Paul, right? It's like your, like your dad from the front seat. Don't make me come back there. I will turn this car around. And that's what Paul is saying to the church here is we get to choose how I will be when I come back. Let's not be the church that needs correction. Let's realize where we have been gone astray and correct ourselves because that is part of maturity. Maturity is not, unfortunately, meaning that you always do the right thing, but partly it is recognizing correction and repenting. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.